Yong. Welcome to I've Made a Huge Mistake and Arrested Development Podcast. I am your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about episode nine of season four, Smashed. Uh, a reference itself to an NBC show that lasted like two seasons, and I don't think anyone would ever remember called Smash. Uh, it was broadcast on the 26th of May 2013, uh, as with all the other episodes. It features Tobias, uh, and in the title credits you can hear saxophone and harp. Um, this was actually the last episode produced for the season, uh, which is why there are a few things that kind of call forward to uh, following episodes in this particular episode. Uh, not least of all the, the Lucille and um, Buster episodes. It was written by Richard Rosenstock and Dean LeRae. And as with all the episodes, it was directed by Mitch Hurwitz and Troy Miller. It lasts 33 minutes and 33 seconds. Um, so a substantial chunk over almost exactly 50% more of a, than you would expect for a, a normal episode length. Uh, joining me to talk about this episode today is Enrique de Castillo. Hello, Enrique. Hi, Darren. Nice to talk to you about our development again. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you were on the previous episode mm-hmm. uh, talking about the kind of the Lindsay half of, of this uh, couple. So here we are talking about Tobias. Uh, I'll read you the summary, which is as follows. Tobias returns to his acting roots and reunites with his leading lady after a rough few weeks. Um, (laughs) The episode is a direct follow-on from the previous Tobias episode, where Tobias was caught by, to entrap a local predator, Orange County edition super creeps. Um, (laughs) And we find Tobias at the start of this joining austerity. He had previously turned down a job there. Uh, to wander around the streets with debris dressed as the thing. Um, and uh, we get a, a, a little kind of um, introduction to Tobias's new life when he arrives at Austerity accompanied by three police officers. And before he gets a chance to say who he is, they start um, kind of, <laughs> they start clearing their throat. And he has to yeah. say, yes, I'm getting I'm getting to that. <laughs> Uh, and this this has become a running joke that he he pretty much does for the rest of the episode, where he goes, uh, "I'm also a registered sex offender." Now yeah. he will start to say the words, "I'm a registered sex offender," like at the beginning of sentences, and then just keep talking as if people didn't hear the first part. And if it's like a regular thing that you have to say everywhere, later he calls Ron Howard's office, and the second thing he says, "I'm a registered sex offender," and they hang up. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> it's a very dark joke. It, I think it gets darker later in the season when all the shirtless guys are playing with uh, George Michael. But having your (laughs) one of your leads be be considered a registered sex offender and having to say it every time is very dark, but it's very funny (laughs) because it's the kind of thing that could happen to Tobias. We get a you know a, a cutback where we find out that he's a victim of a merry mix-up, which is something that Tobias himself will say later on in the episode. It becomes something of a recurring theme. Um, and it also appears in a few other episodes later on in this season where people keep saying a merry mix-up. Um, and we see we see Tobias going, um, is there a little girl here all by herself? Daddy needs to get his rocks. And then the writer goes, we don't have to hear this. <laughs> and kind of cuts it off. But as a viewer, you know that he's innocent. That's the, that's the funny thing. You know it's just a a complete misunderstanding. And of course, um, you know, later on, when we get to see um, some of the footage from um, To Entrap a Local Predator, you you see that, you know, the narrator of that says, this sicko asked if it was Sag or Aftra, um, <laughs> which is 
which is just kind of like funny that that that's his first thought is this is going to be on television. Um, and of course, you know, when he's in jail, uh, the, you know, the episode with him of To Entrap a Local Predator is playing on the TV. <laughs> and obviously Tobias goes, that's not representative of who I am. <laughs> and then, of course, when the guard yells, anus tart, Tobias goes, yep, that's me. <laughs> um, and the, the yelling of anus tart is actually heard in the background of a previous episode. I think uh, in so the Lindsay like episode. Callback. Yeah, I think it's the previous Lindsay yeah. episode, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, when she's, yeah. So if that's a nice little kind of... Uh, call forward again Lindsay's first episode was when we heard the phrase anus top before we even knew that it was um the the the, the, the vanity plate the that uh, Tobias would get <laughs> so you know they've done this a few times now where the anus tart is used as a call forward um and then I love this this thing of like the four-way split as Tobias considers whether or not he should be going to austerity with him kind of just going ah, and they have it in like different tones um but you know a, a beating with a soup ladle convinces Tobias <laughs> to you know go work for austerity um and I like as well how he says I'm an analyst and a therapist which makes me and the narrator says prison had taught Tobias at least one thing and he goes a therapist. Now, obviously, if you're a, you know a long-time fan, you're expecting the recurrence of the anarchist. Um, but obviously, he's realised that you know he, he's not going to do that. And we get some wonderful physical comedy from David Cross as he tries to sit in this chair. He tries to put his chair backwards like some kind of cool teacher. And he can't because yeah. it's a big sofa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then when he turns around and he tries to sit in it, he slips out and he kind of ends up on the floor. <laughs> and he, he, he kind of goes, let's just sit back and relax. <laughs> um, and then when he spots Mark Cherry, um, you know, the, the singer, not the baby-faced showrunner, um, he, he obviously is a little starstruck. Um, and he, he moves someone out of the, the first out of the chair next to Mark Cherry so he can sit in that chair. Um, and he does this this is just like a really really kind of funny gag that I, I, I really enjoy that, that he insists everyone only use their first name but then he keeps saying their surname <laughs> and then he gets mad when they repeat it back to him and then he starts kind of pretending to throw people out of the therapy session but then having to explain it's a joke and it's just it's so perfectly executed where you know he says you know first names only and Mark goes hi I'm Mark and then Tobias goes Mark oh, Cherry and <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, Mark goes, Mark is my first name. Cherry's my last name. And then, of course, Tobias goes, Simon says you're out. And then he goes, no, no, I was having fun. And then it's like, it's just so fun that he kind of like, he keeps doing this to people because he does it later on with um, Emmett Richter, where, you know, he he tells he tells Emmett, Emmett Richter to get out. And then he insists he was just being witty. And then and then, he, he you know, when he says, what's wrong with uh, what's wrong with you? Emmett says, I hoard, and he grabs a, a vase of flowers as he leaves. <laughs> yeah, I think this this time it was the first time that they updated the Richter Quintuplets thing because it says Emmett, Shy, yeah. and now it says Hoarder yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've added that to his description. Um, and they do the same in uh, Maybe's episode uh, later on. They, they change um, Rocky's name as well, his little description as well, because... Obviously, he he has a second job. Mm. Um, So this is something, obviously, as the season goes on, um, Andy Richter, who I I have to say, obviously, they blur his face here because (laughs) Emmett doesn't want them to show him. But I think uh, even with the blurred face, I think Andy Richter, he's such a good sport. And, you know, when he's on the show, he he really kind of portrays the quintuplets 
Um, though he never kind of does it seriously, you know, he's not trying to distinguish them in any kind of specific ways. But I just do like the fact that he he kind of has slightly different ways of doing each of you know the quintuplets, and uh, it, just with Emmett, it's just kind of like kind of angry. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, and of course, I just love that, that you know that, that even when they're in the musical, he um, they blur his face, and even <laughs> when he's and they he, even when he's holding props in front of his face, it's also blurred. It's I don't know, it's it's just such a it's a funny gag that they did like in season three that they just continue to its kind of logical conclusion here, and of course, um, the narrator tells us this is when a patient entered who was looking for a new start. Uh, which, of course, is, you know, the kind of the nickname for, for Tobias. Debris says, sorry, I'm late. Um, and, of course, she had been checked in here um, with Mark. And she goes to say Cherry, but she says Mark C. Um, and we, we get a call back here to Colony Collapse, where all the bees are, are attacking um, all the passengers in the back of um, jo- Job's limousine. <laughs> Um, and obviously, to, you know, Drabiri was a, a victim of that as well. Um, and I like how Mark Cherry says she reminds me of my grandma, like a <laughs> real sick version. <laughs> um, but uh, and I don't know. I mean, obviously, Maria Bamford's character of, of Debris is like one of the significant guest stars of this season and kind of like, you know, one of the significant characters. And obviously, we're not not being able to have Portia de Rossi on a number of episodes she kind of stands in as the as the kind of straight man to Tobias. Um, yeah. And I, I don't mean the pun there. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, like the, the character that he bounces off instead of bouncing off Lindsay. She's um, very good. I mean, I don't like that much uh, Marky Bark from Lindsay's episode. That is like her, yeah. her scene partner before it's, he's kind of replaced by... By Terry Cruz, but Maria Bamford is very good, both in the in her first episode and here. She she plays yeah. like a very very frail sick person very well. And I haven't seen <laughs> yeah. her show, but it kind of makes me want to see more of her of her comedy as as, as well. And I mean, I hope they get her to return in season five as well, because I think that'd be quite fun to you know like to to have her interacting with more than just Tobias and, and Lindsay, you know, like really kind of interacting with the rest of the family. Yeah. Because um, I think that would be like a kind of, she'd be like a really, I'm obviously at the end of this episode, we find out that she's essentially just been cast aside <laughs> and left in a pile of debris. Yeah. Um, but, you know, debris. I'm hoping that, yeah, I'm hoping that maybe if they get her sober again, she can kind of, she can kind of come back. Uh, this is where we meet um, Argyle, um, Ostero, uh, played by um, Tommy Tune. Um, and he, <laughs> I, I like how he's like, he's not exactly like Lucille too, Nothing like, but, he yeah. kinda, but he kind of shares some of the kind of characteristics of, you know, like the, the kind of misunderstanding stuff a little bit. Um, like the whole stuff with the Fantastics, Mr. Fantastic, <laughs> kind of like he's, he's talking about like a role in a musical and Tobias is thinking about, you know, the Fantastic Four thing. And obviously you know, they're both kind of sort of deluded, Tobias and Argyle are. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is how the musical gets as far as it, it does. Um, but I, I like how, you know, Argyle, he he doesn't, because he knows that Debris and Tobias have had a relationship, he doesn't really want Tobias being her therapist. And obviously Tobias wants to stay close to Debris. Um, and I like, <laughs> like how Argyle says, you know, that musical theatre, you know, is the thing that's kept him sober. Um, and Tobias, you know, says that he had a, a thing on the air three weeks ago, and he go, he goes, 
it was an as as myself, but whatever feels out feels out the real. Um, obviously, <laughs> neglecting to mention exactly what that role was. Um, but I like how we then get to the to, to the tune of Hot Cops. Um, we we get Tobias's acting reel where we see him as frightened inmate number two, uh, frightened FBI agent number two. Um, <laughs> a Jew came to dinner, um, and as George Senior in Scandal Makers. Um, and then of, we also see, of course, him auditioning to be Dr. House. Um, yeah. you know, and <laughs> he says, he says, uh, I'm Dr. House and it's called GVH. The graft is rejecting the host, uh, which obviously calls back to season three. Um, and then we see, <laughs> I like, I like how the captions come by quickly where it says as himself. And then we see the GVH fundraiser, and then we see to entrap a local predator. <laughs> so he he's kept it on his reel, which I just I just love that kind of uh, that detail, like because he would be the kind of person who would even keep an appearance as a sexual predator, uh, you know, on his reel. Yeah, it all counts for the acting reel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we see Carl Weathers um, from Predator firing a machine gun, and that's you know that's his training. Um, but the the caption only says trainee. <laughs> uh, because the, the NG are missing. Um, I'm guessing because there was only a certain amount of um, letters that you could have in these captions. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, I like how Tobias realizes that the you know they could put on a musical because the place is littered with talent. You know, uh, Mark Cherry can do the music and they can cast the patients. Um, and he notices that um, for some reason Argyle is wearing tap shoes, <laughs> yeah. and he starts tapping. He starts tapping his foot. And of course, um, you know, Tobias realizes um, that, that that kind of Argyle is going to go along with this, um, and he he says that Debris is a professional actress, um, and then we see a little bit of we see a clip <laughs> where it says captions I celebrities I know, um, and it, you have a clip of Fantastic Four with Debris de Bardo, <laughs> and the. the the kind of the, the caption of Debris Bardo is just pointing at thin air as she's in the <laughs> Invisible Girl, and so I don't know. It's just it's like a, a nice little detail that that's the, that's the kind of something that he he puts on his acting reel is a person that he knows, and it's not the um, best clip of and, that person. <laughs> no, she's not even there. <laughs> this is something that actually in a previous episode, you know, Michael did with uh, with the investor first who enjoyed Sugarfoot, uh, where Michael started singing a theme tune that he didn't know. Argyle, after after finding out that Debris was in Fantastic Four, he says he was in the Fantastics. Um, and uh, he he and his sister played young lovers. Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, once yeah, again... So the, kind of arrested arrested. Them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, this is where Argyle begins singing... And Tobias clearly doesn't know the song he's singing, but he starts kind of just joining in with random <laughs> words and trying to, to guess, you know, what the next thing trying is. Trying to predict what's next in the song. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, Argyle says, they used to call me Mr. Fantastic. And then, of course, we get a musical sting of Mr. F. Um, and obviously, Tobias was previously Mr. F as well. Um, and, you know, I-, I like that they kind of, they, they agree. And then... Um, Argyle starts singing again. <laughs> Tobias starts trying to match him, and that's the end of the scene. Is like, I don't know. I just like I like Tobias's kind of. Um, it's like he's learned something from being with the Blues because he manipulates Argyle into putting this musical on, and he does it by kind of you yeah. know singing along to a song he doesn't even know. Um, so it kind of it kind of shows that you know years of being with the Blues have kind of 
turn Tobias into someone who can manipulate people. Um, and yeah, and also Tobias for being such a guy that wants to be in, on the stage knows nothing about about show tunes. And I re- it, I recall that in season three, I think or two. They, he tries to start singing somewhere over the rainbow and he doesn't know the lyrics. <laughs> yes. He doesn't, doesn't know anything. <laughs> yes, that, that, is in, that is in season two uh, when he ends up in prison and he, he sings somewhere over the rainbow, there's another rainbow. There's yeah. another rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> which, which if I ever sing somewhere over the rainbow now, that is the version I prefer to sing, um, is the Tobias edit of it. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, Tobias gives the good news to Debris um, though of course <laughs> a tooth falls out, and of course Tobias says, "Well, that's a, that's a good look sign on Broadway." You know, they say uh, on the East Coast it's break a leg, and on the West Coast it's lose a tooth, <laughs> which obviously it isn't. Uh, Tobias he goes to the model home because he wants to get his car keys for his car, which has the very distinctive uh, license plate, um, and he finds that Job is there because obviously Job has been tasked by Michael with setting all the houses. Um, or at least he will be in a couple of episodes' time. <laughs> um, this is, you know, calling calling forward at the same time and calling back to, to Job's episode. And, you know, Tobias, um, he decides, you know, he's he's telling um, Job about, you know, how he's a registered sex offender, but things are good. <laughs> and Job just goes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and he's working at Lucille 2's rehab centre, um, uh, you know, which he points out is the one she owns, not the one she went to 12 times. Um, and I like how <laughs> Job is so distracted and he goes, uh, can we finish this over breakfast? I'm starving. And I like how Tobias is like, oh, is it finishing? Okay. And like he's completely, like, he doesn't realize that, to, you know, Job is not interested in this conversation at all. But I love how, you know, over dinner, you know, they, they kind of, they catch up. I like how the narrator says the two friends caught up, but obviously they haven't really spoken to each other for a long time. Um, and I like that Tobias says that, you know, he can't ravage um, Debris' body. He'll have to leave that to time, <laughs> which is. <laughs> um, and of course, Job says he's in a relationship and this person is sort of a celebrity. Um, and I like how Job says life is going pretty well for both of us, except that I'm broke. And then Tobias goes, and I'm a sex offender. And Job doesn't it's even hearing it for the second time. Job doesn't even acknowledge what he said. Um, and then, you know, they they figure out that, you know, the fact that Southern Valley has no libraries or schools or Internet or playgrounds within 20 miles um, makes it a very good fit for um, some parole requirements that Tobias has. We get the second half of this conversation in Job's episode, but basically uh, the entire Southern Valley is basically going to become a haven for sex offenders. Um, starting with Tobias. <laughs> we get back to, you know, the the court-appointed work release. I like how Tobias takes them kind of... Uh, he, he's saying that they're, they're going to get it ready for Cinco de Cuatro, where they're going to be performing on a boat. I hope no one gets seasick. And as he says this, the camera is actually spinning around Tobias as if to make the viewer seasick. So I, it's just a really weird <laughs> yeah, visual joke. that was very weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That they kind of do. Yeah, it was it was very odd because the series is not usually does any kind of camera tricks. No, but it was like what they're doing here. Yeah, um, and he's you know um, I like how Mark Cherry is only writing the songs so that he can get a rehab. And of course, um, you know Argyle says sobriety is the most important thing, but we'll see how good the music is. <laughs> Which, um, and I think the thing is as well, 
um, you know, obviously, you know, uh, a trademark of the series has always been the kind of the songs, you know, um, Hot Cops, Balls in the Air, you know, the various uh, good songs that kind of have been put together by the, the, the composer. Um, and they do some really good stuff with the kind of the fantastic one, two, three, four. And uh, I don't want to be invisible. Like yeah. the songs are kind of deliberately <laughs> kind of crappy, but they're done in a very specific style. And that's what makes them really kind of like fun. Yeah. The, I think they sound a lot like Getaway. Yeah. So I guess Mark Cherry doesn't have that much range. <laughs> yeah. But they're very, they're very fun. Yeah. And also, well, we'll see it later in the credits, but they were worth it. They worked hard. <laughs> the cast and the composers. It's, yeah, it is. It's quite funny that, yeah, they, they, they do sound like songs written by Mark Cherry, as little as we know about Mark Cherry. They kind of fit within <laughs> a certain style. Um, and I like how we, you know, we have Tobias here um, kind of leading rehearsals with Argyle doing the choreography. Um, and you know debris she cannot follow choreography and she cannot carry a tune so obviously there's some shortcomings um and you know i i like how you know argyle has like this gives her the simplest of moves and um you know he says he says tobias says to argyle that she's brittle and and he wants baby steps and argyle says it does not get babier than this um and <laughs> you know i i like i like as well that um you know that uh that, like rachel volunteers to kind of do the dancing um and, and tobias kind of like throws her off um and, and you know tobias i <laughs> i like how um he has everybody kind of mirror what debris is doing so when she kind of goes into a ball everybody goes into a ball and then when she kind of like runs off crazy like everyone else like shrieks and runs off after her and <laughs> and of course you know when tobias tobias says um you know follow her follow her to them and then he goes am i crazy or is this really good <laughs> um that's so sad this is where Tobias, you know, he demands that the tunes be written simpler and the dances be done more simple. Um, and, uh, you know, we find, <laughs> like here, how we have um, Debris doing dances, but when she dances, she always ends up bleeding from the nose. So in as part of the choreography, someone always has to be near to kind of put their fingers in her nose at the end of the routine, <laughs> uh, which, you know, I think is, is quite funny. Uh, and we see that, uh, you know, they, they get the evidence tag off the rock monster suit, as the narrator says, and the project was halfway coming to life. And I, I just I do like the song Fantastic One, Fantastic Two, Fantastic Three, Fantastic Four, um, you know, because I just think it's so funny that that's like that's what they they like their idea of a, a musical based on a superhero just has them like <laughs> listing numbers and stuff. Um but but as well, you know, obviously this is a little bit of a reference to, um, you know, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Yeah, I think the songs here are about as good as the songs <laughs> in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. I've heard them and I can't understand why they, they it wasn't a success. Well, I mean, they didn't have Mark Cherry writing for them. Maybe if they'd have, they'd have had, you know, Mark Cherry. Yeah, I think... That will have <laughs> I think between Mark, Mark Cherry and Bono, yeah. I'm going to go with Mark Cherry. <laughs> uh, and I like how Tobias, you know, he wants to do a broad Broadway-level production of the eight minutes that they have. And he asks Argyle <laughs> what they will cost. And he goes, $700,000. Which is a very specific number. I mean, why... 
he he didn't have much time to think and it's like seven hundred thousand. Yeah, um, and I like as well how Tobias whistles to that and then he goes, "Oh, hey, I can whistle," <laughs> and he's like, "Now we have to use that in the show." Um, and I like how he goes, uh, "What if I could raise between fifteen and a hundred dollars?" Uh, how much of the remainder could you generate? Um, and this is where we find out, you know, obviously in previous episodes, we know that we know that Michael, he owes money to Lucille, um, you know, through the funding of Southern Valley. Um, and so this is where we, we find out that Argyle is going to be the heavy and he's going to kind of call that debt in uh, with Michael. Obviously, not very successful. But we find out here that the rights for the Fantastic Four are still owned by uh, Imagine Generic. The narrator... Generic. <laughs> and I like that the narrator tells us that Imagine Generic was a division set up to extend the rights to films that the studios weren't prepared to make yet. And then we see <laughs> we see Apollo 13, uh, but f- done in 1988. Um, not the Apollo 13 that Ron Howard directed. And, you know, I like how we have, like, um, the, the, the astronaut is a, a woman. Uh, and then you have, um, you know, the, the astronaut. And they, they, I like how he goes, Houston, we're having a baby. Um, and, of course, the footage that we see is, is from the MS, MS, MST3K rather than the actual film again. This is where Tobias decides to, you know, help get the rights um, purely by chance. Um, you know, he he runs into Michael um, and, you know, that's how he's going to get the, the rights. Um, but first of all, we see Argyle going to uh, the Balboa Club and running into uh, Michael, Herbert Love, Rebel Alley and uh, Lindsay, you know, which, which obviously was in the previous episode and a little bit was in Michael's mm-hmm. second episode, I think, as well. Um, and as, as Rebel Alley leaves... Um, you know, uh, you know, Michael pointing out, you know, that she didn't touch the $18 baked potato. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael uh, is then, you know, after after Lindsay leaves, Michael, you know, he calls uh, George Michael. Um, and obviously we'll see the rest of that phone call in a, in a later episode. Um, and <laughs> here we see Argyle. Uh, and Lucille 2 running into Michael. Obviously, the fact that Lucille 2 and Argyle have, um, you know, gone out for a meal together, again, kind of calls to the kind of incest themes, um, because it would be kind of unusual (laughs) for a a brother and sister to go out for like a romantic meal. Um, And I like how, um, you know, Argyle, um, you know, he's the, uh, (laughs) he's the baby brother. And of course, um, you know, the family joke is uh, that uh, Lucille too is a tall drink of water and he's the chaser. And I like how Michael goes, um, it should be flipped, right? Because, of course, Tommy Tune is, I don't know, like a, a foot and a half taller than Liza Minnelli. And uh, I like yeah. how Argyle takes that chance to go, here's another joke. You owe my sister $700,000 and I'm going to chase you down and see you pay up. Um, you know, which is, I don't know. And then, of course, as Argyle leaves, he kind of tap dances away. Um, and he mentions, you know, you can't... It's a very threatening tap dance. Yeah, and he, he mentions you can't hide in a gorilla suit from me. And we get a very quick clip of uh, Balboa Bay Window where Buster is wearing a gorilla suit and he's marrying his mother with the T-shirt on that says the new normal, you know, which I, I thought was quite funny. Of course, Argyle talking to Tobias, um, you know, he says that uh, he's, a, he's a producer and he'll, he says he'll pay up. Um, so I think it's funny that Tobias kind of causes misery to Michael without realizing it. 
And then obviously, you know, when he actually goes to see, um, you know, Ron Howard, he causes misery directly to Michael. <laughs> Again, not deliberate, <laughs> but kind of, you know, he's basically a pain to uh, to Michael throughout this episode. Um, and then we find out that um, someone has newly joined, um, you know, a new patient. And Argyle says that she's the B word from the C ward, or is she the C word <laughs> from the B ward? Um, and then, of course, Lucille sitting in the, in Argyle's office, she says, hello, anus tart. And the narrator tells us, and she'd never even seen the license plate. Uh, <laughs> which I don't know. Obviously, we get a lot more Lucille in Lucille's episode. There's a lot more of the kind of Lucille Tobias thing and how she ends up being an investor in the musical. Um, but at this particular point, you know, um, Tobias goes home uh, to the model home and he runs into Michael. And uh, this is where, you know, uh, Michael passes on the news that um, uh, he's dating a celebrity. Michael's dating a celebrity and uh, <laughs> Job is also dating a celebrity. <laughs> Michael has a bit of a dilemma here because uh, he as he lays it out, he says that, um, you know, it's funny because Tobias does this thing where, you know, Michael says, you're not the best one to talk about relationship difficulties. And of course, Tobias goes, it's only what I do for a living, Michael what I'm trained to do. Um, and of course, Michael, he lays out, you know, that if he, if he, if he, you know, if um, Rebel finds out, um, you know, that he, he doesn't have like the, the rights, uh, then he'll, you know, the movie will have to be killed. And, you know, he can't do the movie and let her know. And there's like a whole thing where either if he does the movie, he's going to lose Rebel. But if he doesn't do the movie, then he'll lose Rebel. So he's in this kind of situation. Um, and then, of course, you know, Tobias kind of says that he's also in a similar kind of doomed situation. Um, and I like that when Michael says, I should just go and tell Ron Howard it's over. <laughs> Tobias goes, Ron Howard's making this movie? And then, and then instantly his attention turns from helping Michael to, you know, uh, going in and being his... To getting the rights. Yeah, getting the rights. And I like as well how he goes, I will act as your assistant. Maybe I'll do my famous gay character. I don't think you've seen that character. And of course, Michael goes, I think you have. And then, of course, Tobias, I like how he finishes by going, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> um, and, yeah. um, Tobias is a lot more, much more self-aware this season, but he's not completely yeah. self-aware. Self and then, of course, once we get to, you know, Ron Howard's office, they have like a, a haircut meeting where Ron Howard is getting his haircut. And, of course, the barber asks him to take off his baseball cap. But, of course... Ron Howard explains that, you know, this is a hat on haircut. <laughs> cut, what you, cut what you can see. Um, and uh, obviously we we have the, the misunderstanding that Michael has before this episode, which is that, um, you know, he, he thinks that Rebel is Ron Howard's, um, you know, uh, girlfriend. And as this meeting goes yeah. on, um, that gets cleared up, <laughs> but only with Michael kind of gradually realizing this, particularly when they have the conversation where, you know, Ron Howard says, I've changed her, I've bathed her. And then Tobias is whispering in Michael's ear, telling him what to say. And he goes, now it's now you want to bathe her. And then Michael goes, it's my time to bathe her. <laughs> and Tobias says, she should be your num-num. And of course, Michael goes, she num -num. should be my num-num. And, you know, this is, this is when, of course, you know, I like how Tobias goes, I haven't had a chance to talk to her father. And then Michael goes, I haven't had a chance to talk to her father. And then, of course, this is when Ron Howard goes, did you not know I'm Rebel's dad? And then we get this kind of like exchange of kind of like looks <laughs> where they kind of, uh, you know, realize what's going on. Um, and then I like how Tobias interrupts by going, 
Well, this was hardly an episode of Happy Days. I get it. I was arrested <laughs> as a sex offender. And, and, then, <laughs> and then... And he goes, but at least I knew it was my daughter I was arrested for coming on to. <laughs> and then, and I, 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 I mean, I like how that's an accurate description of what the this, this scene was and what happened, but the way that... The yeah, Tobias, it's the truth. Yeah, the way that Tobias is putting it makes it sound like a, a lot worse than it actually was. Um Mostly because, of course, maybe was no longer at the property. So, um, you know, he wasn't coming on to anyone. <laughs> um, and then, of course, this is this is where Tobias says that was a merry mix-up. <laughs> um, after Ron Howard has <laughs> promised that Rebel will never, you know, date Michael ever again. This is where Ron Howard, you know, when it comes to giving, you know, giving the rights to, to the Fantastic Four to Tobias, he says, I couldn't do that. And then he goes, but also, I don't want to. <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> Tobias chokes Ron Howard. And we get a, a joke here that um, kind of ends up becoming Michael's kind of signature for the rest of the series, which is he gets, he, he's persuading people to give over their life rights for the film. And so he gets Tobias to sign, uh, and he signs Tobias on Yago Funke. Um, and then he initials and then of course Tobias goes yes. this is exciting and Michael of course goes thank you and then rips up the contract and says you're out of the movie <laughs> um, and in you know in a later episode he pretty much will do that to everyone who signs their life rights he basically <laughs> says you know you're out of the movie after they sign and then rips up the paperwork uh, but Tobias is the first one to get that treatment and it's the first time we heard Tobias second name right? yes yeah, this is the first time we've heard Tobias's middle name. Yeah, yeah, and which on yeah. on Yango is uh, such a, an odd kind of choice, but for such a very very white guy as David Cross, <laughs> yes, I guess it does kind of call back to the idea that Tobias might be an albino black guy, uh, which was the original yeah. kind of the original <laughs> joke. Um, and Tobias, when he returns to austerity, he just lies that he's got the rights. <laughs> and the funny, the funny thing is, um, obviously, in an earlier episode, we'd seen Carl Weathers um, saying that he, when it comes to getting the rights to stuff, he just lies. And obviously, Tobias was on an episode of Scandal Makers about Carl Weathers being arrested for not having the rights. So essentially, he kind of knows how this is going to end. Uh, and then we get, a, we get a clip of the song, I Don't Want to Be Invisible. Um, and we we also see Lucille, um, <laughs> who has found someone to mother. Now, obviously, Debris here is a stand-in for Lindsay, both in the fact that she is, is yeah. with Tobias, but also in the fact that <laughs> Lucille is nothing but, like, nasty to her, saying that, you know, is anyone going to tell her she needs to lose weight? <laughs> and, it's like, and saying you don't want to be on a raft that's listing. Um, and then when she goes, no one can reach reach me. She goes, she goes. Uh, is that how she's going to say it? <laughs> and she's like, she's just constantly <laughs> criticizing debris to the point where you know, calling the, the fantastic three and lousy <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Even so, I don't think debris is the only lousy one in the cast. No, but that's just the that's just how um, Lucille operates, isn't it? She kind of picks on the weakest person, um, and <laughs> I, I like how. Um, you know, debris kind of tries to fake an ankle injury so that she can get some drugs. <laughs> that's how desperate she. That's how much the kind of, uh, you know, the the abuse has kind of um, has got to her. Um, and I like how um, you know <laughs> the narrator tells us it's the night of the big show, which obviously is um, Cinco. So that brings Tobias up to date in terms of the timeline. It puts him at Cinco de Cuatro, and 
Um, I even at this point, Lucille is saying the stage adds seven pounds, which is obviously meant to be like the camera adds seven pounds, and then she goes two words: diet pills. And then of course, Debris goes, "Do you have any?" <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, obviously, um, you know, you have you have Emmett and Argyle and Debris. Um, you know, Debris is, you know, she doesn't want to take part in it. Um, and, you know, Tobias is obviously kind of, you know, forcing her. Um, and uh, <laughs> at Cinco, there are a lot of kids running past Tobias. And as each kid <laughs> runs past, Tobias goes, I'm a registered sex offender. I'm a registered sex offender. I'm a registered sex offender. <laughs> over and over again as each of them come past. And obviously, you know, Tobias is wearing um, the Thing outfit, which, of course, you know, makes him recognizable. Um, and Debris... You know, at this point, um, you know, she she kind of she wants to uh, she's she's not comfortable going on stage. Basically, she ends up um, seeing Dr. Norman kind of getting rid of his stash. Um, and she ends up as as it, as it is, um, as the narrator tells us, um, Debris, who had been in a safe harbor of a drug free zone, found herself in a free drug zone of an unsafe harbor. Um, and this is when Tobias, he runs into Buster. Um, something that we'll see in Buster's episode, kind of in more detail, where he wants him to wear the thing suit. He he says he says to Buster, um, you know, you're a monster, and you don't have to be good. <laughs> Which of course the narrator says it, it wasn't a great choice of words. So with Buster, who does willing, you know, who does end up as a thing, Bias goes to find debris, and obviously I like how as he's saying debris, we see a man sweeping a pile of debris, and then. Debris is under that debris, <laughs> and I like as well how Tobias, um, you know, he realizes, um, you know, that he shouldn't have forced debris on stage, and that he should have left her sober, um, and you know, happy, which is you know a nice bit of insight from Tobias, you know, realizing what he'd kind of done to yeah. debris. <laughs> Lucille too asks if she's drunk. And of course, Debris says it's pills. <laughs> I mean, I should say Lucille 2, not Lucille 1, obviously. Well, she doesn't call herself Lucille No, she two. doesn't call herself <laughs> Lucille 2. But, you know, Lucille 2 here talking to Tobias, you know, obviously she's not happy with the fact that, you know, someone has fallen, you know, doing pills in a pile of garbage. I like how Tobias takes the blame and, you know, says don't get angry at, um, at Argyle. And then, of course, Lucille goes, I blame you. <laughs> uh, you know, and says, you're out. Um, and then, of course, he points out that, you know, he's on a work release program and, you know, he if, if he gets fired, he has to go back to prison. Um, and then I like, of course, how he says, what if what if we get some killer notices? <laughs> like as if the show being good is what will save him. Um, and, you know, obviously Lucille, too. Well, you know, in later episodes, we find out, obviously, that she disappears. So the fact that she's fired Tobias, I, I'm guessing won't make any impact, um, you know. Um, and I yeah, like how yeah. also Tobias yeah. is Tobias is was hired as a therapist. It doesn't matter if the show is it goes well <laughs> or not. He wasn't hired as a show show producer. Yeah, um, which I guess why it's easy to blame Argyle for this. Um, and I like that, that here we get Jonah Feinberg of the the Feinberg 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 and Feinberg, um, and he's talking to Debris and he says, you know, um, what play are you in? And she goes, the Fantastic Three and Lousy One, so four. <laughs> and, of course, he asks, who do you play? And she goes, Sue Storm. And, of course, he goes, Sue Storm and Fantastic Four are both trademarked by Marvel Entertainment LLC. This is a cease and desist letter. So, once again, he's, you know, they've been caught out by a cease and desist. 
And we find out, of course, that the four in a circle is actually trademarked by the Feinbergs and not even Marvel, <laughs> uh, which is why it's blurred on uh, on everyone's costumes. Blur- <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and obviously, um, you know, uh, Lucille too um, has, you know, threatened Tobias with prison. Um, and, you know, he's being threatened with prison from the, the kind of cease and desist letter as well. Um, and in the, in the spirit of um, of showbiz, he insists that you know he must go on, and so once more he channels his inner storm, um, and of course he has some makeup that he has handy just in case he got a call, and um, you know he ends up um, <laughs> where he he just blew himself for the first time in five years. So once again we end up with Tobias in blue paint, and he's got Sue Storm's wig on, and he's the almost invisible girl. And he ends up on um, a boat with Marky Bark, who, of course, has face blindness and has, you know, mistaken um, Tobias in a wig for Lindsay. Um, And Lindsay, of course, has started the chant, put up this wall. Uh, Ridiculous that a politician would want to build a wall between Mexico and America, of course. So such crazy fantasies. This is clearly a comedy show. (laughs) And that's that's the crazier part of the of the whole episode. Yeah. Um, and, and so, of course, um, we finish with the on the next and <laughs> I, I like how um, the narrator tells us that it's clear that the unauthorized Fantastic Four musical does not look, look like it's going to Broadway. Um, and he goes, but since they work so hard, we're going to run the credits over it. <laughs> and, and they do. They just run the credits over the kind of Fantastic Four performance on the boat. <laughs> Emmett ends up in the water and um, says that he can't swim. <laughs> and that's where the episode ends. <laughs> Tobias and Debris, you know, the two kind of people who were the reason for the Fantastic Four musical happening, neither of them end up on that boat performing in the performance of the Fantastic Four musical. <laughs> you know, Debris ends up yeah. covered in debris and Tobias ends up on a boat that is about to explode. Um, <laughs> and we don't know who is playing the the thing in the musical. It is Buster, I think. I mean, he gives he gives Buster the the suit. Yeah, but I think it's never made clear later that it's Buster. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I think I have to double check in Buster's episode, but I think it gets passed on. Buster passes it on to someone else, um, but Buster does have the suit for a brief moment. But and, yeah. and of course, <laughs> I like as well how the narrator says it's not for the first time. Tobias gets on the wrong boat, uh, which obviously calls back all the way to the pilot. <laughs> Uh, to the pilot yeah (laughs) yeah where he ended up you know on the wrong boat for me this is like a really kind of fun episode just because all the stuff around kind of like the musical coming together um you know obviously maria bamford is great in the episode we only get little kind of pieces of of other you know andy richter we get a little bit of that you know we get a little bit of um you know we got a lot of argyle should i say uh, we get, but we get a little bit yeah. of the kind of Ron Howard storyline kind of being pushed forward again. You know, a little bit of Jason Bateman, and I always enjoy the stuff between Jason Bateman and um, and uh, you know David Cross. I think those two characters always work well together because you know he it, it kind of um, Michael is the only one who kind of has any empathy with Tobias in any way. Um, <laughs> so it's always fun to see them together. But yeah, you know, there's there's a few parts where this episode kind of. Um, calls back to other episodes but mostly it's it's fairly kind of self-contained and it's obviously you know mostly about the actual kind of staging of this terrible musical i mean how do you feel about this episode i really like this episode i think it's one of my favorite episodes of the fourth season because it's like you said it's very funny and it's very contained and also it's very weird 
I, when, when the episode, when the season is premiered, I had no idea that Tobias' plotline would be to put up a Fantastic Four <laughs> musical related to the awful Roger Corman movie and the whole thing about folks having to use their movie rights. And also I think it was this was before the the following awful Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. It's very weird for a, a rest development plot, but it works perfectly for Tobias. And also, as I said, I feel like Tobias had some character development in the season. He's a bit more self-aware. Also, he's still as terrible a therapist as he was before. <laughs> yeah. But at least he tries. He seems genuinely concerned about the Yeah. I, I like this episode. It's a very good episode and it doesn't feel like previous ones, like you miss the rest of the cast. You see them, they don't interact that much with Tobias. As you said, it's, it's very good when he's with Michael. Yeah. But as an episode, it works. Uh, as opposed to some other episodes that are, are okay, are funny, but you miss the whole cast. Yeah, and of course... Maybe it's because Tobias was always, like, not part of the Bloods. Yeah. It works better when he's alone. Yeah, and also, you know, you have a couple of scenes... You know, you have the scene with um, him and Job, uh, which in Job's episode kind of gets yeah. expanded even more, so you kind of see a bit more of the beginning and end of that. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, Will Arnett and David Cross, you know, they're also really good together. You know, and also, I, I like the idea of kind of the whole workshop, you know, the musical. You know, it's kind of ridiculous that Tobias, <laughs> who's meant to be this therapy and he's been hired to be this therapist, has somehow turned that into him putting on a musical. Like the the way that he kind of... About the, about the Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, the way he kind of twists it is, is really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think obviously... You know, the fact that it's a bit more self-contained probably helps. You know, the kind of the, the focus on the Fantastic Four, you know, Lucille kind of coming into the episode a little bit later, um, you know, and kind of her interactions with Debris, I think, are really good as well. Um, and obviously, you know, all of the episodes, uh, uh, they're like the second episode for each character, have to kind of arrive at the point of where they are at Cinco. So obviously we find out that Tobias yeah. is like on the wrong boat and that's kind of, you know, his position at the end of Cinco. And obviously we'll see that payoff um, in a different episode, you know, what happens there. Um, but, you know, I, I, mean, it's, I, I mean, I really like what David Cross, you know, like I think they're giving him the opportunity in the two kind of Tobias episodes this year to kind of expand the character a little bit and give the character a little bit more depth. I think that really works. There's also there's a hint there's a hint of his kind of wider career in here as well, which I also really like. You know, it really kind of fleshes the character out. And obviously, you can never get bored of yeah. of people calling him Anus Tart. I mean, <laughs> that's like one of the best jokes of this of kind of season four. And I just like when people kind of, particularly the fact that Lucille hasn't even seen the uh, the license plate. Like that's that's the, that's like the one of the great. Plate. That's one of like the really yeah. kind of good jokes. And I just like. The way that Jessica Walter delivers, you know, hello, anus starts. It's just, you know, it's so great. Um, you know, so I don't think there's much more that we can say about this episode. So uh, let's go to plugs. Have you got anything you wish to plug, Enrique? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to plug my own podcast about TV shows. It's called El Stream Atual Cable. It's in Spanish. But if you want to practice Spanish and also hear my opinions on current TV shows, you can find it in iTunes. As el stream mató al cable. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at Huge Mistake Pod, or you can find us on Facebook at Huge Mistake Podcast, I think it is. Uh, thanks for joining me once more to talk about Arrested Development, Enrique. Thanks for inviting me again. This was great. I'm hoping to see you again when the fifth season premieres. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and otherwise, uh, goodbye. Goodbye.